you must be listening to the Goblin Broadcast Network at gbn.com.com. Amazing! Follow the Path, the Bears Grove Podcast. Adult-level discussion of role-playing as a storytelling art at bearsgrove.com. You're listening to the Bears Grove Podcast. This is episode 39. This podcast will run about 22 minutes, 17 seconds, which means Ryan Macklin should listen to the whole thing. Today on the program, we're going to talk about some of my gaming failures, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Clyde's Way, but uh, first, we'd like to have a bear's growl. In a perfect world, wars are fought with miniatures, arguments are settled with dice, and life is all that stuff you do when you're not gaming. The world is not perfect. The Escapist Cast is the official podcast of TheEscapist.com and features discussions on role-playing advocacy, exploring the myths and misconceptions about tabletop RPG and LARP, improving public image and understanding of the hobby, and putting our passion for the game to good use towards improving the world around us. Discover the reality of fantasy games at theescapist.com slash escapistcast. I'd like to announce a new forum for game masters and role players, and it's called There Is No Screen, and it's thereisnoscreen.com. It's run by my friend Jeff Collier, who will be hosting discussions about role-playing and how players and GMs can work together to create a better experience. And that's kind of what this whole episode is about. So uh, look forward to seeing you over there. Haven't had a growl in a while. This growl is not a grumpy growl. It's more of a... Well, if a bear could purr, I would be purring. Just recently, Cynthia got me a bunch of games. Cool story games like Dogs in the Vineyard, Polaris, Mortal Coil, Spirit of the Century, Primetime Adventures, Steal Away Jordan, and The Burning Wheel. I have been in game design heaven. Reading these cool games and holding them in my hands have made me feel the old game design itch yet again. So, I've decided to put Lyrica on hold for now. For one, it is a much broader scoped game than I really want to work on right now. The game that I am writing now is called Silken, and the development I've done on Lyrica will definitely have an effect on its design. I don't think I will ever give up chasing the unicorn that is Lyrica, but for now, more accomplishable short-term goals are more important to me. So, what is Silken? Well, I won't talk about it much, except that I see it as a loving response to the writings of such authors as Jacqueline Carey, Ellen Kushner, and Pierre Chaudelet Dulat, and that it will be a part strategy game and part role-playing game. I'll have more about it in future Bears Grove episodes. So yes, this bear's purr is the sound that happens when I receive a wonderful gift, a bunch of game books I've been dying to read and enjoy since I first found out about them. Thanks to Cynthia. And that's the purr. You enter a room. Immediately to your right, there is a computer, some recording equipment. In the back of the room, there is a very impressive shelf of Dungeons & Dragons 3.5 edition source books. What do you do? 
I think I'd like to set up a website. Roll for web design. You register the domain 35privatesanctuary.com. What kind of content would you like on your website? I'd like some original content. I'd like some reviews of 3.5 edition material. I'd like a forum to talk about Dungeons & Dragons and other 3.5 related. Don't forget that you've got the microphones on your right. Oh, I'd like a podcast. Roll for podcast. Critical hit. 3.5's Private Sanctuary is the online resource for Dungeons & Dragons gamers that will continue to play 3.5 edition of the rules. You can find us at www.35privatesanctuary.com. Next up, I have a bit about my role-playing downfalls. I'd like to talk a little bit about the failures I've confronted in my gaming life. This isn't the easiest thing to talk about. For a long time, I've been wrapped up in what I'm coming to understand as Magical GM Syndrome. See, I have spent a good part of my gaming life hiding literally or figuratively behind GM screens, rolling dice in secret, and not being 100% upfront with my players. I was the magical GM who made everything look easy. That was in part due to the fact that I didn't use all the rules, that I didn't always play by the rules, and that I didn't roll the dice out where other people could see them. In reality, my players didn't feel too empowered to contribute to the story because I was taking a directorial stance on the whole thing. The game was my movie set, and you could stay and play in my movie, or you could leave. That didn't empower my players. It didn't allow for much in the way of collaboration. It was very much kind of my way or the highway. In other areas... I also made a bad call or three when it came to the balance of power among my players. For example, I once let my ex-wife play a dragon character when everybody else in the group were somewhat less powerful than that. This was before she was my ex, obviously. I tried to make up for the imbalance by putting limits on that character's power, but that didn't change the fact that I was giving my now ex-wife a lot of narrative power in the game, and the rest of the players had to choose between hanging in the game and putting up with it or leaving. There have been plenty of other mistakes and failures in my long gaming career. I remember being ill-prepared for a huge LARP and having to basically wing it. I remember not engaging a particular player and having him walk out on my game. I remember being too hard on my current partner's, Cynthia's, character because I wanted to be fair in light of my mistakes in the past, which was also a mistake. So the important part to all this is what? Well, I've learned from my mistakes. I continue to learn. I've learned to be prepared for my games as much as I've agreed to be. I've learned not to take on huge projects when I know I don't have time to commit to them. I've learned that there needs to be a balance at the table, that it's okay to play favorites among my players as long as every player is eventually my favorite. I've learned that my job is to give them the awesome and not keep it back just for myself. 
I've learned that no matter how wonderful a setting is, sometimes there's just not that many compelling stories to be told in it. And that sometimes a gaming table just doesn't come together. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to keep trying to make it happen. Not being the magical GM frees me up from having to make it 100% perfect every time I play. It gives me the ability to turn to my players and say, You know, I have no idea where to go from here. What do you think? It also means that now I want to play games where the rules match my storytelling style. Where there's some kind of mechanical infrastructure for the story elements I'm bringing out. And that leads to the second segment of this podcast, which I call Clyde's Way. And that's up next. I've got you. Stabbing Contest. A role-playing game podcast of a different kind. Stebbingcontest.libson.com This is a segment of the Bears Grove where I'm going to talk a little bit about what I'm calling Clyde's way of running convention games. I'm referring to Clyde Rauer of Theory from the Closet, and it's really just my interpretation of Clyde's ideas, so don't blame Clyde for any mistake I may make here. Clyde introduced me to the concept of not really pre-creating characters for the convention games I was going to run, to bring essentially blank character sheets and some bangs and see what happens. Well, I've already posted an actual play session link on the show blog, but I wanted to talk to you about this in detail. If you go back to episode 30, you'll hear my ideas as to how I usually make one-shot convention games. But taking from episode 10 of Theory from the Closet, I decided to give Clyde's Way a try. I can report that it was a lot of fun and a success in my mind. I've never really had a problem coming up with ideas for bangs. That is to say, situations that are like lit fuses to propel a story into action. Last weekend, I had, you know, one of the characters was knocked out unconscious and they started the game tied to a bomb that was about to go off. You know, that that's a situation that's going to impel some action right away. What was really powerful for me was seeing the kind of characters my players created and then reading those characters with the idea that these characters are full of little signals to me, the GM, as to what kind of game the players are looking for. So far, I've used Clyde's Way to run Spirit of the Century, Cat, Mortal Coil, The Prince's Kingdom, and Serenity. And I gotta say, compared to the old way where I would spend hours and hours of prep time creating all the characters beforehand, it was a blast. I finally got to enjoy pre-convention time just as much as the convention time, and I found I didn't have as much of my personal ego invested in the games. That doesn't mean that they didn't hold my attention, far from it. 
these were fascinating, jointly created games. I think Clyde's Way was a big success. My only complaint about Clyde's Way is that the character generation portion of my games dragged on and on. As a result, many of the stories had to be cut off as we only had four hours to play. I would spend two hours or so creating characters in Spirit of the Century, and then only have about two hours left to play the story, which really only got me through Act 1 and maybe a little of Act 2. I like to present my players with finished stories, no loose ends, so that later they can think about the experience as a complete story from start to finish. This is not the first time I haven't finished stories in that short con game time limit format. Sometimes they just have to be cut off. But when I had the PCs created ahead of time, I could just hand them to the players and go. Does this mean I'm going to go back to my old way of doing convention games? I don't think so. I think that I can do a few things to prepare, get some character sketches perhaps, partially done character sheets, but let the players finish them and claim them as their own. That should address the time constraint problem, and at the same time, Give the players a way to send me flags as to what they're expecting at the table. So, thank you, Clyde, for your ideas and your podcast. I look forward to further fruits of Clyde's way in future games. Do you find yourself wondering how to keep it all straight with all those great RPG podcasts out there on the internet? Like a flaming, dancing, vorpal, plus five, holy avenger of awesome... Check out RPGpodcast.com. And finally tonight, we have two uh, articles of feedback that I've got from some listeners. I wanted to bring these up in the podcast itself. Um, we got a lot of good feedback from episode 37 about race and role-playing games. Um, we heard from Seth Ben-Ezra, the designer for Dirty Secrets, and... Julia Bond Ellingbow, the designer for Steal Away Jordan, which was awesome. It was great to see those uh, designers on listening to the Bears Grove and commenting. It was a an honor, really. But I've, I've got some other comments, and I'd like to share them with you. Um, a fellow by the name of John writes and says... Hi, Sam. This Just wanted to let you know that we're glad the Bears Grove is returning to a semi-average schedule. Keep up the great work. Also love the latest cast about race and role-playing games. I know one of my favorite White Wolf releases for the classic World of Darkness was the Gypsy Supplement. Not talked about very much, though. Unregardless, keep up the great work, John. John, I appreciate that, and I really enjoyed the Gypsy Supplement, too. Uh, Tailwind Woodruff is a person who wrote that and she was awesome um i'd really like to get her on the program and interview her i don't know uh if anybody out there if you know tailwind you would and uh you can get in touch with her my email address is bearsgrove at gmail.com i'd love to get a chance to interview her about the book and the next comment we have is from daniel perez who you may know as the Gamer Traveler, from the Gamer Traveler podcast, and also from the Digital Front, which is a podcast about 
digital publishing. Daniel said, excellent show, Sam, and an excellent topic to discuss, just perfect for your show. I have to critique you a bit, though, in that it felt like you were floundering a couple of times during the show. A bit tighter editing would have gotten rid of that impression. I also think that as good a conversation as it was, there were a couple of times when issues were not better explored, though of course I cannot recall any to mind now. I think this would be a good topic to come back to, perhaps even with members of other minorities such as Hispanics or Asians, Jews or Muslims or gays. We have had a big surge of members of all these groups doing active work in gaming, whether designing or as part of a greater team, and it would be nice to look at the issue in a broader context. Take care, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. I agree wholeheartedly that one episode on race and role-playing games is not enough to cover the whole topic, and in fact, I feel we didn't get to go as in-depth as we might have. I think race and role-playing games could easily be the topic of its own podcast. I also agree with your critique that it wasn't as polished an editing job as it may have been. This wasn't a conscious decision at the time, but looking back, I think that I was sensitive to the need for authenticity in this particular topic. That, and I find it difficult to edit recorded interviews without making them sound too choppy. When someone offers a critique, they're doing you a great favor because they're paying enough attention to actually bring up something with you they'd like to see fixed. So once again, thank you, Daniel, and I do plan to return to this topic in future episodes. Well, it looks like you have come to the end of another Bears Grove podcast. Today is effectively my gaming anniversary because it is Easter Sunday, and um, I, I got my first real game book on Easter Sunday, so it's nice to record on the same day that I, uh, I, I mark my gaming anniversary, and since I started when I was 8 years old, and I am 40 years old now, um, you can sort of put it all together. So how long I've been gaming. So... This podcast is released to you under Creative Commons license. Attribution, no derivatives, no commercial use. This show is part of the Goblin Broadcast Network and is listed on RPGpodcast.com. Please look forward to your feedback to this episode and any others. You can give it best probably by going directly to the Bears Grove blog at bearsgrove.com and putting in your comments. The music on the end of the podcast tonight is Rain and White Jasmine by Hannah from the 61 website. And so we've gotten to the end of the program, which means that it's time for me to say sweet dreams when you get them. <laughs>